The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada on this Tuesday evening, April 26, 2022. You can contact us online on the web, animeroundtable.com, Twitter and Instagram at Anime Roundtable, and email animeroundtable at gmail.com. Good evening from Toronto. It's been a little while. And we're kind of shorthanded tonight. We'll get into it in a few minutes. Mike Nicholas, Mohammed Shamarki, Kevin Ng are around the table tonight. James Austin, Jeff Gregg, well, it is a weekday. In Jeff's case, it's a school day. In James's case, well, we are in the middle of tax season. So he is chained up, maybe literally. We'll uh, talk to him and Jeff. Well, we'll talk to James whenever he breaks those chains and Jeff when the weekend comes around again. But Mo and Kevin were willing to do this uh, Tuesday night thing. It's been like a month and a half since we've done a regular episode. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's only been two and a half months, Mike. It feels that way, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> well, we were able to do a couple of space heaters, one with uh, James, and that was on the 27th. That was the day Canada clinched its spot for the World Cup. That happened uh, later that day. And then Kevin and I did one to chat up his time in LA and just some of the anime sites there. Is there anything else you want to add to that one, Kevin? Hmm. Did I talk about the ice cream shop that I went to? Well, I if, it, it, if it was such a thing, you're more than entitled to mention more about it. It's just uh, things are blurry since it was so uh, long enough ago. And I, I, I'll tell you all why. You guys know why, but I'm going to tell everyone else why in a few minutes. I feel like I did bring it up, but... For those who didn't listen to the space heater we did, I went to a anime-themed ice cream store in suburban California named Soon Scoops. Soon as in Sundere. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> so, T-S-U, yeah. Yes, T-S-U-N. And it's cute how they name their flavors after different anime titles and other Japanese little phrases. So I'm just poking through their Instagram account right now. And uh, so are we talking like, uh, so do the uh, 
do the servers there tell you really what's on their mind? Sorry. Like, well, you know, they tell you what it is. Or oh, any form of they split it. Lashing. They split it between the soon flavors and the dere flavors. I think that is the differentiation between milk-based ice creams okay. and so non-milk based ones. Okay. So we're talking about or we were we were thinking on different wavelengths here. <laughs> oh, some of the examples of uh flavors that they use there are not use serve are Chotto latte, ramen, 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 one half. That was that. I think that one was thinking too hard. Yuzu on ice, brown ichijo. <laughs> oh god, Tiramiku. Tiramiku, that's good. <laughs> Madoka Machika. <laughs> Kakarot cake. <laughs> we can go on and on for like for like most of this hour, you know. Banani. No. The melancholy of Honeyhe Duzumia. No. <laughs> Anything and else? Is there, what's your what, like? First of all, one flavor that just uh, just as a good kicker there. And what did you end up trying? Oh, I, I'm trying to remember what I had actually. Uh, I had they had a they have a mint chocolate flavor, and I don't remember what they call that because uh, I don't see it by when I browse through it quickly. But I had like two or three flavors because I'm a pig sometimes. And uh, and when are you gonna be there again? That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, next time I go mm-hmm. to LA, I guess because I would want to try and get over there again. You would want to. You would want to take the drive. Uh, so what's interesting with them is they, they actually created a set of characters that go with the ice cream shop and they all have their own storylines and stuff. And yes, the main character is a Sundere and, uh, <laughs> they actually made a Kabe Don wall too, which is pretty funny. <laughs> So for those who don't know, uh, Kabedon is when you, as the female protagonist, is is against the wall and the boy kind of leans over to you, leans over you, I should say. Uh, usually, oh, that, okay, that pose. That yeah, pose. that pose. It's it's usually a guy doing the Kabedon. Of course, girls could do it too, but usually it's a guy doing it, and. They have a Kabedon wall where like one of the male characters is like leaning against the corner of the wall. So uh people can take photos of themselves being Kabedoned, so to speak. Oh for, oh, for God's sakes. Another really interesting thing with that shop is they have done some collabs with a couple of companies actually. So they did a collab with uh, with Nekopara actually. So they hmm. and these are like these are sanctioned collaborations. Like so, they actually worked with their, those parent companies to actually have like unique flavors for a week or two, and they'll maybe they'll run a little event on the weekend. 
So I'd say that's actually a pretty smart move of them to do that. And I think it works because they are based in California and a lot of these companies would be based in California as well. And I, and that sounds like it's just, you know, that's, that's the California culture at times, right? Mm -hmm. It's just that that's the impression I get having, you know, not, not always been there to be, to be a, Really honest with you. Been years. Mm-hmm. Been a very long time since I saw saw California. I was a kid at the time. Um, I, I I need excuses to travel some days. Yeah, I'd Soon say enough. you really should go and travel one of these days. Like it's, I mean, it's, I, I I admit I've been cooped up. And I say this so, as a person who like finds it difficult to justify going on vacation myself, especially if it's within Canada. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's it's strange. This is this is sort of our at times our own uh, country's culture. Maybe it's a Toronto thing. Somebody somebody will uh, probably say that. Well, I- but Canadians are sometimes hard pressed to travel within their own country. For me, it's honestly because I have U.S. dollars, so it makes sense for me to use those U.S. dollars. In the United States. Oh, yeah. Well, from your various uh, entrepreneurial pursuits, right? So- uh, past entrepreneurial pursuits in the case of the U.S. dollar. Uh, because okay. ever since eBay forced you to uh, pick between listing and .com and forcing you to stick to one currency, I've not been collecting U.S. dollars as of late. But... The other, yeah. yeah, the other thing too is like, I always just feel like I don't, it's hard for me to budget for vacations too, especially if it's within Canada. So I'll always think, well, like, you know, I could be using this money for more productive things or, you know, putting more money Something towards else. stocks or using it for, a massage or anything else other than going on a vacation or for just other things. Yeah. I mean, there's that popular commercial you've been, uh, that's been on TV these days. uh, Will you regret, will you regret the things you didn't get or will you regret the places you didn't go? Oh, is that the, is that the, um, Hugh McGregor making you seem like you're an idiot for doing stuff commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. What is up with actors and like commercials and shit, man? Well, it, I guess I guess uh, there's some payment in that. But there used to be this trend. Now, now we're going to try and reel it into the into uh, into our fandom just a little bit. There used to be this trend decades ago. I think in the '80s and yeah, maybe the '90s, where celebrities would do Japanese commercials, and we're talking we're talking like Western celebrities. Your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, I think was was notable. Was uh, one that stuck out. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. It's like Hollywood, uh, A-list Hollywood actors at the time would have done commercials for Japanese products. One, I think the pay was probably pretty good for them. Plus, free trip to Japan. Free trip, some, sometimes, yes. Plus, I think there, there's the. Uh, it was at a period where celebrities endorsing products. It wasn't really a thing, maybe even taboo. I mean, I, I guess things have changed in that sense. 
when it comes to celebrity and uh, celebrities doing commercials here in, in the West, in North America, in the U.S. and Canada, and maybe much of the rest of the world. But it was a weird, odd little trend or thing that stuck out uh, some decades back. So there, that's probably uh, just a complete thought. Now, now, how do how do we get to this point again I, I, in this conversation? I think I think we're talking about oh, LA. vacations. Yes, yep. vacations. Yes, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Well, I, I, I'll hint to that. I've already used a bit of time off. Okay, so let's. Uh, as I said, it's been about a month and a half since we were last around doing a regular version of the roundtable, and some of, we have a few excuses for that. Maybe some of them are valid. Maybe. I mean, we, I, I hinted during the Space Eater chats that, that my regular job had called back. So, so, there ha- so finding, ta- finding our schedules to sync enough to be able to do a regular episode has been difficult at best. Right, guys? I mean, we, the best we could do after a month and a half was on a, t- on a Tuesday in late April. I mean, you know, there were extraordinary circumstances as to why we didn't tape for the last, what, two and a half, three weeks, right? Oh, even, yeah, and then it gets even more interesting. Yes, um, well, first of all, uh, I guess this is is for me to also mention. The last little while has also been bookended by... Well, first of all, I've, I've met up with both of you guys just for for snacks and coffee over the last number, like two, three weeks. Mo, I met up with you on Sunday. We uh, hung around, hung out here in the Six Points area. Or uh, I just had a coffee and we hung out in the Six Points area. Kevin, I met closer to our home areas because my parents and Kevin's parents live about five minutes away from each other in Mississauga. So we met up, we met up uh, at a, a nearby, had a coffee there. I had a coffee. You had a, you had a, you had a Korean dog. Right, Kevin? Like a Korean rice dog. Yeah. Is that, ooh, is that what we call it? It's one of those, it's one of those new, it's one of those uh, other Asian food trends these days, right? I just call it a Korean style hot dog or yeah, a Korean, Korean style. style pogo. That's one way to put it. Yeah. And I had a iced coffee from there, which, which broke my cardinal rule about buying non-traditional items from, from various food outlets. I said once, if you're in the mood for a pad thai, you probably shouldn't be ordering it from Jack Astor's. And that's probably the best way I could summarize the coffee I bought at the Korean, Korean corn dog place or Korean rice dog place, right? I mean, you, you, you kind of saw it. You kind of saw it there, right, Kevin? Yeah. When I was having that. And the, uh, the coffee I had with uh, Moe's was a, was a, well, I had to use up my uh, free roll up the rim to win coffee soon before the end of the week. How, how, so do, you, how, do, you, was- how do you feel about this being all digital now with the roll up the rims? What about, the, what about people who don't have the app? I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I get the whole hygienic thing. But you're kind of 
I, I you're it's, it, it isn't as fun and you're and you're kind of distancing yourself from a certain demographic and probably a core one at that. 100%. Plus it was fun, you know, rolling mess. There was a fun there was a, there was a degree of there was a degree of difficulty. Quirkiness <laughs> to actually doing the and maybe broken teeth too. How how did you roll up the the rim back then? It depends. And it was actually on the literally on the rim. Did you like tear it apart and I, sh- sh- Some people use their teeth. Maybe maybe that's why we went digital by the way. Aside, well, uh, COVID aside, pandemic aside. Sorry, Mo, how would you have done it? No, no, I'm just saying it's it's that was the fun of it. Different every time, you know. There's no one way to do it, right? It was the uniqueness of it, right? It was just the uh, the 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 joy of 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 maybe it winning, you know. With an app, it's like you push a button and maybe you win. Who knows? Or, 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 or because they want you to have some of the feeling back, you could swipe up on the picture. It was okay. The thing was, the thing is, I, I've won more on the on the digital app more than I did in the cup, mind you. Or uh, in real life, in the in past years, mind you, I probably bought a few more items. Through the app than I did in in real life. So the the app, maybe the app is serving its purpose. The app sense. has a unique way of like making you want to get to Morton's. They have their oh, sure. they have a couple. Their, they have their weekly offers, and like every once in a while, it'd be like two drinks for you know a set amount of money. And I'm like, I mean, I don't, two, I, two, I don't want two medium ice caps for four bucks. It's I don't want two, but like at that, that price. And, 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 and then and then it became a case of you didn't necessarily have to order a coffee to get a roll, right? And I think I'm pretty sure I ended up winning those, not necessarily because I ordered a coffee, but because I ordered a breakfast sandwich instead. So, anyway, but between the two visits I had with you guys, and here's the the story that I wanted to tell, and this is a little bit more personal. After I met up with Kevin that day, I started to feel a little off, and then. Came down, just felt a little off, slight cough. Next day, cough kind of didn't really subside, bit of a sore throat. Did a test. I had a, a few rapid tests. It was negative. Went to went to work for a couple days and felt a little better during those couple days. But then towards the end of one of those days, I just nosedived. Tried to sleep it off, then I just decide, okay, let's take another rapid test again. And yes, according to the rapid test, I had contracted COVID. And basically, that was it for my work week. I had to isolate for the better part of five days, or minimum five days. And... Ultimately, I yeah, I'm COVID free now, so don't worry about that. I, I'm well. So by the time I met up with Mo a couple of days ago, I I'd been long um, long uh, COVID free according to the rapid tests. And, and of course, uh, we've had the, these discussions before throughout the pandemic series, and I'm sure you hear it in in the news. You can't always be definitely um, say that you've had it, even if a rapid test does so. You still have to have the lab certified PCR tests 
but you're, you're, it's safe to say you probably did, even though it's not totally confirmed. So you should act out like you have it. And that's what happened there. And on a work level, I actually got a little bit lucky because my workplace was able to set a, uh, had a, had instituted a policy where they set aside a a small allotment of sick days specifically for if you got COVID there, they had their regular off times there and they had a, there, they had a pool of, of general use wellness or sick days, but then they set aside another pool strictly for if you contracted COVID. So, because you know the business we work; it's a very close contact. As I, as mentioned, we work. At, I work in a, in a casino, the one close to the Anime North Compound in the West End, and it's it's a very, as I said, close contact type place. So, chances are that's that's probably a little bit of what happened there. And so I was lucky, uh, a bit lucky. I was able to rest up, rest up properly, and recover, and go back, go back almost a week later. So, I I will say from the experience, it was, it was just, it, it just sucked. It, now, 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 no point did I really feel like anything was a was. Was anything fatal was going to happen? It did really just feel like a cold, but boy, it just it just pounded you down. So yeah, it it did keep me pretty much pretty much um, down for the uh, time I had it, and some feelings uh, of fatigue still kind of linger, and that's probably because you know. You just never really had a chance to really uh, move around and, during the time you had it. So, so there, so some feeling of some feeling of tiredness still uh, still reigns inside of me periodically over the uh, last week or so. Mind you, maybe the um, mind you, the hours I've been working hasn't helped either. But that's the whole. That's part of the excuse why we haven't. Been been around for the last couple of weeks. I know, I know some of us have had a, a couple of other things to deal with, but there's my excuse and that's uh, what it is. I, uh, that's why I'm, I'm just happier now that I can just uh, sit behind the microphone and chat for a little bit, but that's, you know, that's where we are. Um, the others have, were made aware of, of this uh, when it happened. So, uh, you know, they've been really patient with this. Or understanding. But I thought I'd let the listeners know, yeah, it's, we're at the stage, I think, in the pandemic, if you've been careful, you've followed all the health advice, did the masks, did the, um, probably did the vaccines, because I'm thinking that's a big part of it for me. While I got it, it didn't hit nearly as hard as it did earlier on a couple of years ago. So it's, but I, but the thing is, I'm, I I can't dismiss it. I can't dismiss it. We're not, I'm not going to try and 
downplay how much this whole thing sucked. Because it wasn't a, because as I said, it was, it, it just, it, it's not a good feeling to, to have it in any form. And I get it. I said, I did say the rapid, the rapid test, you can't always draw that conclusion, but let's be real here. Probably was. As I said, it, it just bogged you down. So I'm glad I can at least uh, come away, come out from the other side of it. The thing is, we uh, over two years now, I think we just know a little bit more. So we know how to deal with it. Should should we have a better sense of how to deal with things? So there isn't that type of fear anymore. Just a feeling of okay, you know what to do, and that's where we are. More than two years later. Okay. So what do you want to uh, is there is there something you two want to say just uh, so I can get a sip of water and then we can really get to the uh, other stuff we want to talk about for for the episode? Kevin? Mm. Oh. Well, first of all, I hope I didn't give it to you, Kevin. I don't think I got it. Didn't feel ill? No. Not at all, there? really. Nobody else got sick immediately after, so consider that a win. Yeah, I mean, we met when we met up. We met up. Uh, we met up pretty much outside. Anyway, it was a rather cool day. That probably didn't help me either. It was cool and windy the day we uh, hung out too. Yeah, you were dressed a little lighter. That's the other part that probably did not help me. But I guess uh, things were about to happen anyway. And Mo, Mo, what about you? I, I mean, anything you want to say about anything I said, or just generally? No, I mean, you know, it's it's tough, man. You know, it's 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 like a, there's a lot of stuff happening. Things are all about pretty much back to normal, but people, a lot of people are getting, you know, getting getting the COVID. You know, Coachella was like last weekend, and there's, there's conventions and other events that are happening, and people are like showing up their uh, their positive tests. But uh, you know, I think it was just everyone got hit when you got hit, Mike. I know, like coworkers and so forth. Some of them got some of them got it. It's just, you know, it's it another wave of sorts. Hopefully, the last, but you know, probably not. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, but you know, glad glad you're better. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's uh, let's get started here because this is uh, it, the last month and a half have been really interesting, and there's a lot of stuff worth talking about. We're certainly not going to get to all of it, all of the basic news of the last month and a half. But let, I do want to talk about some of the things that did stick out. And and maybe, and if there's other things uh, within, um, within subsequent weeks or subsequent, uh, subsequently that's also come up in the last couple weeks or last month and a half, we'll bring that up as well. But there's little doubt that I that when the whole thing with Netflix happened last week, we would want to talk about it in some form. So I think by now, any uh, anyone who keeps up in any real form, who likes to watch their movies, uh, who likes their streaming, who likes their anime, who keeps uh, well, who likes their anime digitally, they know what's happened with Netflix. It 
lost subscribers. It lost a lot of market share. It's stock tanked at least 25%. What's a uh, what was the uh, what's its closing value at the end of uh, Tuesday? Tuesday, April twenty sixth. Does anyone know off the top of their head? Uh, I'll have to look it wait, up for um for, for Netflix for today. What's Netflix's current value? I think they're, I think they're at like what two hundred dollars a share. You know, which is like lower than it was recently, but that's still pretty pretty high, I guess. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. Netflix is a uh... Current price of Netflix is a uh, current price of Netflix, according to Wealth Simple, is a shade under two hundred US one ninety eight forty. It was down eleven dollars today off its um, its high over the last month was just before the end of March. It was three ninety one. Well, it peaked at about 391 over the last month, I think around March 29th and March 4th, according to the uh, charts I'm looking at here. Yeah. 391, and then it's tanked all the way down. About half, about 50%, like 49 yeah. points. 46, yeah, almost 50%. Man, that's a... Hell of a, hell of a nosedive, I must say. I mean, it's not the end of it. I mean, hopefully this will be temporary and... I mean, let's not forget it's Netflix, you know, they have, they, have, they have stuff coming out at some point, but it's, I don't know, like, what what what, what can you do, right? Your expectations were set, they weren't met, the market mm-hmm. reacted, right? Well, it, 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 it hemorrhaged uh, people, like, uh, competition is there. I think um, a lot of people also looked at the, uh, at them taking themselves out of Russia that got rid of a lot of subscribers, too. I, I think that's a bullshit. Oh. I think that's a bullshit reasoning. You know. Well, I'm not saying that's that should be the only reasoning. There's a lot going. There's a. I think this was just a, a perfect storm of I of things that had been going on there. The spending finally caught up with them. There, the there's a degree of saturation. You can't uh, anything that's that anything that um anything that depends on subscription numbers. Well, they can only go so high. So the so saturation does go, and then competitions around. You have your Paramount Pluses, you have your Disney Pluses, you have your Apple TV Pluses, um, and any other Plus subscription service. Well, Peacock doesn't use the word Plus in their name, but and then they and you have HBO Max or Crave here in Canada, and then that that's before we get into some of the more boutique style. Style um, streamers. I mean, so and they've all had, and they have con- they have some worthwhile content. Some of it legacy content, some of it old stuff, but it's stuff that would would have market. And Netflix, Netflix, while it could always go for make a like buy out libraries or get licenses, and they. They also opted to make a lot of their own programming and with a lot of its own programming. And and as documented here in the past, a lot of it was hit and miss. I mean, when we talked for six months about the Cowboy Bebop live action. I mean, it it it, it, it honestly kind of upsets me, uh, their their way of handling that in particular, um, the way, their way of measuring success. 
and what they deem to be successful. I mean, I, I know a lot of people know about the onslaught of animated shows that have been canceled over the years from Netflix and how they were held to the standards of uh, other more ridiculously popular titles that had ridiculous amounts of marketing behind them. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like when you're going at the pace of we have to constantly be increasing for decades now, uh, sooner or later you're going to fall short. And instead of, you know, being prepared for that, for like the soft cushion landing, but no, 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 just spend, spend, spend. And then, you know, it's just very frustrating, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's just thinking now that they're going to go for quality rather than quantity, right? I mean, too little, too late, right? Oh, maybe it's sort of like inflation here. Well, okay, that's another story. But in but as the as all the talk came out, a few num a number of things came into my head, and this is like mohammed and i are going to try and rehash a lot of the chat we had uh when we met up around six points on sunday you know it's funny i always keep my location data on, on my phone so then like I, I was looking at it and it showed like the, the route we walked and it's just a whole bunch of like squiggles because we walked basically the same route back and forth and back and forth <laughs> oh yeah yeah along along um along the area right so like, obviously, there's an anime angle to this. I, I want to get to that a bit later. There was a, like, I cited a, a curiosity about a CNBC article that came out in light of it. And we know a few things, and as Mohammed said before I hit the record button, a few things have changed in the six days since that article. It was a CNBC article written by Alex Sherman that said, Legacy Media has disrupted Netflix. The, con the consequence may be mutually assured destruction. That's a hell of a term to be using in this climate right now. Upshot, upshot is, yeah, the uh, legacy, and when he says legacy media companies, when we say legacy media in our fandom, we refer to Things like physical media, DVDs, Blu-rays, basically older technologies. But when we in the context, uh, but saying legacy media in the context of the whole Netflix discussion, at least in terms of this article, we're talking about established movie studios who started their own streaming business. So yes, your Disney's, your Paramounts, your HBO Maxes via Warner Brothers, your um, Universals and Peacocks. It's also kind of maddening to think that they've had years of like head start on this. Like they knew this was happening. Like every major studio was going to make their own streaming at some point. I mean, it was cool when Netflix was like the streaming Netflix or, and everyone just went there. But now that everyone else did, I just, I feel like they should be more like better prepared for this, you know, like who the, um, the other companies? No, no, no. They can go, you know, fight it amongst themselves, but Netflix themselves. I mean, they were, they were first. You had the lead. You were the first one, right? Like, how did you not foresee this? <laughs> oh, as in Netflix. Yeah. Maybe they did, but their strategy was to spend, spend, spend on their own original programming. And not just programming here. Of course, we constantly talk about, well, them making investments and wanting to make programs that would appeal in other regions or made in other regions and with the hope that would appeal outside of its 
intended place or outside of where it was produced. I mean, this is the one thing that I have to give, like, I've noticed about Netflix. At the very least, you are able to, like, it's the first mainstream service that was able to mix in non-Western, non-English speaking stuff successfully into its service and make it appealing to people who spoke other languages. And yeah, that, that we are talking Asian content. We are talking, you know, Latin American content and, and some odd European pieces. It puts it all in the service. Like we, we talked a lot about region block, uh, about region blocks before, like in the whole, in the home video worlds and licensing for different regions, parts of the world. But Netflix kind of cut through that to some degree. Mind you, of course, of course, some licenses are region specific. So whatever what's available on Netflix in the U.S. is different from what's available on Netflix in Canada. And then whatever is in Japan doesn't necessarily apply to Canada as well or in Europe or U.K. and Australia or just about any other region. That has Netflix. Your library will vary. But sometimes they're able to get in. Sometimes they make their own deals. And gain almost worldwide distribution through the service. Which was a, which I know to fandom and a lot of people was something that was long desired. You got to some degree through Netflix. to To some degree. And that's... I guess for us in our fandom, that's sort of what right now legacy media companies don't really have. Although that that's changing a little bit. I guess you can make that argument. It's changing a little bit. We talked a lot about what happened to Retro Crush, right? A few months back when it got bought out. Or AMC buying, uh, intending to buy uh, Sentai Filmworks. But where where is this going now? Right? I think the the mutually assured destruction that Sherman kind of referred to in the article is, well, Netflix is setting it sets the pace. And now if it's tripping uh setting the pace that a lot of other media companies have had to follow, and they've met, they've caught up, maybe weighed them down a little bit, or was able to pull them back a little bit, but they're still the pace setter. And if Netflix is tripping. How does the how does the other media how does legacy media companies how do the the old school branches react? It sounds nice, but do they have can they make it work for them? There, there was this utopia, like a lot of people thought there could be a utopia where competition is good. I mean, I theoretically competition is good, right? But not at the not at the behest of an all out bloodbath. Well, as a well, all bloodbath where nobody survives. I think that's where that's the um, condition we have to mention here. Or 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 you know, Elon could just buy it all. Well, yeah, that's a that's a that's another thought. That's another story altogether. So. I don't know. 
Like, I, I don't think, like, it, it sucks. Uh, like, people want to laugh at Netflix, but. But it's. Where do we go then? So what's the next, what's the next bit? Right? What's the next way that, uh, in terms of con- our consumption of entertainment? Right? I mean, unless there's a dramatic change in, like, physical media or media devices in general, like, unless we make some kind of, you know, like, sci-fi leap in technology, which we probably won't, I think we're just stuck with streaming. I mean, physical media is is good and will always be around. I don't think they'll ever not have physical media, but we'll just be moving more towards you know, limited edition, specialty run, you know, small sets of certain popular shows. Okay, so let's get into the anime part of it, right? I mean, I, I mean, we, I think we always said um, anime, like, is sort of a bellwether, has been known to be bellwethers in these type of things. Or someone, something's a bellwether in all of this, right? I mean, we made this, uh, like, okay, let me go, let's go back a little bit and then maybe we can organize the thoughts just a little bit. So I'm going to throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks, sticks here. I'm trying to find the right words to be able to display this. Remember, Netflix tried to try a bunch of things. They try a bunch of different genres, a bunch of different storytelling mediums there whether it is live action tv style shows movies animation etc right tries to be everything for everyone remember what remember that line remember the line in uh, with the crunchy roll plan that said we we want to, we don't want to be something for everyone we want to be everything for someone when they talked about expanding crunchy roll selection a little bit more away from anime diversify away from anime a little bit. And during the, uh, when we talked about the Crunchyroll acquisition last year of, from Sony, I, I was always, uh, I was of the thinking, maybe they could, Sony could use it as a platform or maybe eventually getting their own IP from Columbia pictures and TriStar pictures and whatever else they've done around the world in terms of motion pictures unnecessarily anime they can use crunchyroll as a platform to be able to ha- finally have their own streaming services because ironically sony doesn't have a type of service a la disney or peacock or hbo max and they're a legacy studio themselves but they seem to want be distancing themselves about the idea of one of their more interesting aqua, streaming acquisitions to actually use that for their legacy, for their legacy library, their mainstream library. And now, with all this happening, maybe, maybe I, I've had to rethink it for myself a little bit. Just, just take another angle on it and think to myself, maybe that's not a whole. Uh, a completely bad idea because there's a, you can now say you can now say if they try to be all that, that that could weigh them down. That could be, that could anchor them down. 
anchor a service like Crunchyroll down and mess them up later on. Trying to be too much for everybody. I mean, I, I see it like um, the game Risk. I know you guys play the game Risk. But uh, Netflix is trying to win by having people everywhere all at once. I mean, Crunchyroll's, you know, they got Australia. They're chilling. They don't want to. They don't want to risk capturing other parts of the board. Just, you know, you got your spot. If people are going to go visit, they're going to go visit. But you know, no need to risk it all. And I, and I feel like Netflix is losing a lot of ground. A lot of competition popping up everywhere. They should huddle down to one main niche thing that they're good at and just, you know, wait it out there until the end of time. Not necessarily the end. Okay, maybe. So, what, what what's your thinking? That they should focus strictly on their on their um, original programming and almost nothing else. Not try and get any other licenses from a previously made programming. I mean, that's t- that's sort of that's sort of Apple, actually. True, true, true. I mean, I, I, Apple is cracking out amazing content now. But I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you don't know what's going to be successful. I mean, these shows cost you know an arm and a leg to make. Uh, it's tough. I mean, do you buy stuff and hope that that works out or do you produce in-house? Obviously producing in-house has its benefits, you know, you can get a stranger hit, stranger things type hit on your hands or, you know, God forbid you get a cow bebop on your hands, which, you know, you should probably consider putting some more money into. I, I'm honestly, I'm thinking because he canceled cow bebop, that's why their, their, their stock prices tanked as hard as it did. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go strictly there, but I mean, some people say if they, that could, if they continue pumped more money into that show, that probably they'd be more broke, and that's that's probably overstating it. So I don't know. It's this is where all the confusion starts to begin, right? And I and really, I just wanted to actually start talking about it, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit more. Kevin, do you have a thought? Because I, I know your I know what was your first blush when you read the CNBC article? Well, I mean, I I think it'll be a I, I know it's slightly different from what I was beginning to think, but it's not necessarily wrong, and I think it's worth it a talk. I think it was really just a matter of when this would happen rather than an if. You know, it's. I just feel like when when everybody tried to consolidate and everybody with IP wanted to create their own service, I just felt like, well, it's finally happening. And, you know, we saw this happen with anime in the last couple of years where, like, it was no longer just Crunchyroll for legal stuff uh you you would get some stuff on amazon and there'd be exclusives there for a while and then netflix licensed stuff that was exclusively for their service and then uh adv or sentai high dive went with high dive and then you also have upstarts like tubi and and whatnot and oh yeah and now even Disney's going to start having anime on their service. And, and a couple of Japanese IP, as we mentioned in the last regular episode, too. Yeah, so it really was just a matter of when. Because uh, 
as I know you and I and everybody else know, usually these things happen to anime first before it kind of happens to mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Like when we switched over to Blu-ray, like when uh, we kind of had a bit of an anime drought for a while, like, you know, 10 or so years ago. I guess I'm just not surprised. And at the same time, I'm just thinking, well, I think people are going to start figuring out how to use BitTorrent again. And people are going to start sailing the seas for their content because. Nope. nope I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I think, I, I, I don't think it's going to be say a significant amount of people, but there's going to be more people doing it again. Well, especially with the password sharing that Netflix is trying to start cracking down on. Yeah. Uh, Neil, I actually been in touch with Neil over that too. So uh, I can expect him to help out on that. Like, I don't think it'll be as pronounced with mainstream media than it is with anime. Pronounced in what way? I don't think nearly as many people will will jump ship to piracy with uh, with the streaming services. Okay, well, not the, because well, that's also anime, our, the, that's also our demogra- the demographic of our fandom. That's part, of, yeah, part of it's the demographic, and and uh, honestly, you have what was it? I, we talked about this in the space here, but what they said they had like thirty to thirty five million accounts on Crunchyroll, but only like one to five million. I don't remember the exact amount, but only like up to five million people were actually subscribers. Like that just tells you everything. Well, what's your, uh, you said you didn't necessarily see it that way. Where do you think we're going with this? Um, hmm. no, I, I think Kevin, Kevin had the point there. It's. I, I don't think we're going to be backsliding into piracy. I think it's like it's just when you get comfortable with something. I mean, people are comfortable paying X amount of dollars for a streaming service. Um, if we get to the point where Netflix just gets rid of password sharing, or you wake up one morning and the Netflix you had working isn't working because they cracked down on it, I mean, you'll contemplate, hey, do I really want it, or but maybe I'll just won't watch it. You know, I, I think there's going to be. Shit. Well, that, I think that's always the that's always the dilemma whenever things like this happen for Netflix, and especially when they raise prices. How many uh, just subscribers are going to go in the process when they raise prices? I mean, th- that alone has to be a calculated risk on their part, right? Like, I feel like you can't be a company as big as Netflix and not have genius level mathematicians working out economical forecasting of a bunch of shit. Like, I just feel like they, they should know. Like, this can't have come to them as a surprise. They have probably have some kind of plan and works. And if they don't, I, mean, I feel real bad for them, man. Mm. Or, I, or, or, yeah, or, people... or, you know, Elon buys it. You know, who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, as I said, tell me what he doesn't, what he isn't interested in these days. So, let me, uh, let's, uh, I just want to look back a little bit and think about a few close calls. As much as we, or as much as fandom might be upset by Sony's acquisition of Crunchyroll, 
Keep in mind who Crunchyroll was with before and what's happened there in the last week. Overshadowed by this whole Netflix thing was the announcement that Warner Media and Discovery, because they're merging, or um, AT&T, Discovery, Warner, Warner, whatever, rather quietly, they're, they're uh, new, one of their newer streaming services, and they have a bunch, obviously, under their umbrella, Discovery, HBO Max, but they also had CNN Plus. Yes, another Plus streamer. And that got killed off before it was really born. Uh, they people joked that even Quibi lasted longer than CNN Plus, and we're talking. And this is this is where Crunchyroll was before too. Maybe it's an apples and oranges thing, but CNN Plus was seemingly a bigger is is on 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 top of it a, a bigger thing, right? I mean, Quibi was bigger. I think Quibi was like a billion dollars. CNN Plus is like three hundred, four hundred million dollars, but. Oh, I mean, when we compare it to something like Crunchyroll. Oh, 100%. It's, you know, it, 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 people can do amazing things with a little, with a little, little amount of money. Uh, I, I, and other people need extraordinary amounts of money to do utter garbage. You know, it's, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, is, and this is just the interesting, it, just uh, interesting to me, I guess. It's just, as I said, it just happened before. Like, keep in mind the 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 Warner and Discovery merger is, is near in its final stages, and people said, "Well, this wasn't really in the Warner. This was uh, CNN Plus was not was something Warner was doing before the Discovery thing. So, really, this is just probably Discovery saying, "Nope, maybe this isn't su- this isn't such a great idea. Let's just cut it now." But imagine what would have what could have been. If if Crunchyroll remained under that umbrella, I, I think if Crunchyroll had remained under the, their previous owners or under that umbrella, uh, Crunchyroll would still have been Crunchyroll. I don't think anyone was gonna mess around with Crunchyroll and what Crunchyroll does. <laughs> even now, well, that's the in- interesting e- part, right? E- even now, I don't think any. I don't think Sony's gonna, or if they're smart, they won't. You know. Like what? Why, why mess with the the golden goose? You know, it's working, producing. I'm assuming it's making money. If not, then God, better if it. Assuming it's doing all right, just don't mess with it. Well, that that leads us to some other thoughts about where where we're gonna go next, right? Uh, are we are we going more? Are we gonna be more genre specific or medium specific again? Like Crunchyroll not going uh, sticking with the anime and the Asian programming. Maybe is that still the way, ultimately a way to go, or should they just or more general programming, like like the Netflixes, like all the incumbents, or this is just one of those blips in the road, which is just a fascinating and it's just a fascinating story to all of us in the fandom. It's worth noting that when I try to Google any stories about what could the fate be of any anime that Netflix has produced or has agreed to produce. There's almost nothing said about it. A lot of those projects at this point seem safe. Things, of course, are are changing by uh, by the day. But every but with all this talk about anime a- anime on streaming services and growth in them, so maybe there's a so the whole bit on anime on streaming services, wherever it is, there's a degree of growth 
So it's a good segment, still a rather safe segment. I mean, I let's let, let's not forget that it's a it's a it's going to always be an ever evolving growth market in like uh, newer generations and so forth, right? Like what we saw, talked about earlier, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we talk about like we we and when we were talking on uh, on Sunday Mo, we ended up having this long thought about okay. Well, Crunchyroll is in the Sony umbrella. We've talked a lot about the pill about the it being the fourth pillar, and how it could possibly play play into play into PlayStation, so to speak, at some point. We've always speculated about that, and that that's still not happening at this point, obviously, because the whole bit with with PlayStation is ongoing, and we ended up uh, having that long discussion that about the types of demographics and fans that gravitate towards at least the the major console systems the switch the xbox and the uh, and the playstation because you know with this belief that no two gamers are alike well there's different type of gamers and they tend to appeal to different type of consoles yeah the nintendo versus sony argument well it's not yeah it's not necessarily it's nintendo versus sony versus versus microsoft xbox right and they're and they seem and and jeff was uh was so i think so bang on in mentioning the type of people who play on each the people who would play the xboxes are probably more into the first person shooters the sports games really into those type of stuff. Hey, Kev, Nintendo Switch. Kev, sorry. How, how's, how's, how's your Switch? How are you liking your Switch, man? How's what? This My Switch? The Nintendo Switch? Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Uh, haven't played it as much as I'd like to lately, but I've mostly just been using it for gaming. I... Go between playing Super Mario 64, as much as I hate the fucking camera angles in that game. Camera work is awful. Holy shit. I don't know how people got through that game (laughs) back in the 90s. Yeah, that's sort of, uh, well, things, the concept still feeling itself out back then, right? But think about Switch owner. Okay. Well, you want to continue your Switch thought, Kevin? Well, the other other game I'm playing through slowly is Shin Megami Tensei Five. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, not as hard as Shin Megami Tensei Four, but still equally brutal in other aspects. Like you can, you'll have times where you could just suddenly die if hmm. if you're not ready. Yeah. Well, my point being, my point being though, and with Kevin, and you can probably see it in the in what Kevin plays. Switch, switch, switch. A lot of Switch players are like. Nintendo is unabashedly Japanese IP with their with their Switch. And it seems to have a an appeal to a lot of our fandom. Like, like we've talked a lot about how the Xbox doesn't have much appeal in Japan. Sony, it's really Sony and Nintendo there. But they're very different but there's a very different feel to both. And we've talked about this with Matt Alt too. A certain type of quirkiness or utility that Nintendo has, a bit more of a graphics thing with with Sony. 
Sony somewhere being in the middle of the two Xbox and Switch sides that we just talked about. And they're probably in the biggest position to be able to make that work. And to reel in uh, that Nintendo side a little bit more in the future. So, so there's a lot of, uh, so there's, so that just leads to the question marks as to where that'll go later on and how, how their streaming, how their streaming services will eventually go back. But I guess with the whole Netflix thing, there's a pause for thought, but like I said, the anime, there's no word on as to what will happen to the anime at this point. And there's this talk, there's this, uh, talk over the last couple days, at least of, of some some animation projects that Netflix has agreed to be now being suspended or canceled, and that they'll on a lot of animation projects they'll just probably look for licensing opportunities. So I don't know. This is uh, as I said a fascinating, a fun story. Not uh, it's not one that I like from my standpoint, and I'm not watching as much Netflix right now. But I'm pretty sure Neil is. It's not something I'm... Uh, I don't like the idea of being happy that, that this type of stuff is happening. Right? A lot of people are... There's a lot of venom for Netflix. I get it, but... You know, this is just one of those pause for thoughts, I guess. And maybe just a thing, and then... Maybe a chance to just take a step back for everybody and see where we go next. I mean, I mean, the thing that the thing that I'm really scared of is we're gonna get to a point in time where none of these services die out and they just all exist and they all continue to increase prices. And we get to oh, that point, yeah, we get to a point where Netflix costs like fifty dollars a month. I mean, at that point, it's like, well, what are I doing, right? Well, well I mean, isn't cable. that sort of what? Yeah, well, isn't that what legacy media wants because they control cable? This is the interesting part too. Um, a lot of those legacy media companies also have interests in cable, also have other interests altogether, like in broadcasting, like in live sports. People always mention that that's one thing Netflix hasn't had a willingness to do at this point, or uh, taking in live sports. Disney has it. Disney, uh, Disney, or with it, uh, Disney has ESPN Plus. Even Apple TV's got baseball now. Yeah, Apple TV. That's that 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 caught a lot of people's attention, and nobody know. And there's a constant rumor that they'll take in NFL Sunday Ticket. On the topic of NFL, Amazon t- took in the rights for Thursday Night Football beginning this upcoming season. Peacock has WWE Network. And would show stuff on from the Premier League ex- exclusively through their service, with the death of, with the um, shuttering of NBC Sports Network. ESPN puts most of its NHL coverage on on ESPN Plus. Turner doesn't really have well Turner and I guess Turner Warner I don't really know, but but they they t- took in the NHL as well. There'll be some limited streaming there, I'm sure. But they all have 
all the all those legacy media companies, and we can include Sony in all of this. They have other businesses that keep them afloat. Netflix doesn't have anything else. Hey, maybe they're dabbling just a little bit into video games. Oh, but right now they're a one trick pony, and I think that's really what what's hurt them. Though. All their eggs in one basket. That's why how the how that's a bit of I think a lot of the story about what happened, but that's what has also been working for them too, right? It's it, it, that's the double edged sword of being really good at one thing. But what if that one thing bottoms out on you? Really focused, and, but if nothing else, this is just a crossroads for the whole thing, right now. It's 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 something that everyone's considering because I mean, what Netflix is dealing with now, you know, Disney's got to deal with, everyone else got to deal with eventually. So it's well, uh, once it's again tough. the belt being the bellwether exactly. on the topic of being the canary in the in the coal mine, right? Yep. Because because uh, because uh, that point will eventually happen to the others, and maybe they've just they better be ready too. Maybe there's their get ready moment, right? So how do you handle it? Can't wait to see, right? For for what it's worth, I think I'll still keep my my subscription. There's still other stuff I want to watch. What's um just quickly before we move on? What's uh what's on the watch list for you guys right now? Uh, season two Russian Dolls was kind of something, but I mean, I'm I'm guessing you're talking anime wise. <laughs> well, you went to I know you went to life uh, to to Flighthouse to see Totoro over the weekend. Yeah, that was fun, guys. Totoro, you know, if I've, uh, it's um it's going to it's going to it's going to stand the test of time, man. I, I don't think there's I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those movies that like 100 years from now kids still watch, you know. It's 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 going to it's going to it's going to last. It's really good. Are they only playing Totoro right now, and I'm and they're just going to rotate a movie out every so often? No, so they have their thing called the uh, the Next Wave uh, Festival. Uh, so a bunch of high school students who are part of the TEFS committee uh, put together like a mini movie marathon for that weekend. So they pick a bunch oh. of movies. Totoro is one of them. Uh, my name, Miro and Dying Girl is another one. Uh, you two, Mamate, you know, a bunch of movies. But uh, but yeah, Totoro was there. It was it was it was dubbed. You know, shout out to G Kids. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, Kevin, anything on your on your queue watching, or is it just the video games you're focusing on at the moment? Uh I've mostly just been reading manga as of late. Hey, Kev, uh, did you finish uh, um, uh, Dick Fight Island? Did I finish what? Oh, <laughs> Dick oh uh, I not yet. I have volume two here now. I have not opened it yet. I need to get around to that. I think honestly, I think part of it was because uh, I was waiting to do a group read of it. That was part of the reason why I hadn't read it yet. Uh, but that will be read by the end of the year, I imagine. Uh, what am I reading right now? Uh, I've just finished reading Doubt and Judge. Uh, these are two uh, mystery slash horror series. Like they're, they're actually they're more thrillers. They're they're like a they're suspense thrillers. 
they're done by a manga artist called Yoshiki Tonogai. And uh, he did one of the Higurashi manga as well. But mm. uh, these are basically locked room mysteries. And the participants are forced to like doubt each other and kill each other and try and get out of the circumstances that they've been suddenly foisted on them. So like usually what will happen is like something happens to them. They suddenly find themselves in this like unknown area and then they don't know how to get out until the rules are explained to them. And, and in order to get out of this room, you need to do this thing. And it's, it's those kinds of setups, but because, uh, because these are geared towards teenagers, it, it feels a little edge lordy at times. Yeah. But I what I do appreciate about or what I appreciate about them is that uh the endings are bittersweet at best. Because uh these are pretty short. Like Doubt is two omnibus volumes, so it was originally four volumes in Japan, and Judge is six volumes. And yeah, some pretty batshit things happen in in both of those titles, and the ending can be uh, not what you'd expect, to say the least. One way to put it. Uh, what else have I read? Oh, I started reading series actually. For speaking of blast from the past, yeah, no kidding. Bringing up that one, it's actually my first. Non, it's my first fantasy you would toss a manga that I've read because uh, I've only read Absolute Boyfriend, which is uh, not her best work. But uh, so I have not read series. I have not read Fushigi Yugi yet. So series is uh, something I've been meaning to read for a while. So I finally have started reading it, and wow, a lot of stuff happens right off the bat. Holy crap! And it's. I remember watching the first couple episodes of the anime. And I don't remember much about it, but yeah. It's quite bloody that. in the beginning, actually. <laughs> wow. Um, my turn? Yes. I guess. Okay, really, it's not, it's not the greatest amount of watching, and I mentioned it's not on Netflix. I, I haven't given myself time to watch the second season of Be, of, um, Be the Beginning. I, that, so I'm going a little bit more recent, not necessarily like a little further back on some of the stuff I've, uh, I'm, I'm choosing to watch right now. I, w- I haven't gotten through, I haven't gone through the first episode, but I think the one that's caught more, more of my attention, and this is probably, and this is going back to, well, it's coming off of Funimation and going into Crunchyroll now. Season two of Kaguya-sama Love is War. I think I've gotten through four episodes of that. And I, alternated between the dub and the subversion because um when i watched the first season it was strictly subtitled because um that was it was because that was the only thing on the netflix service the dub version was on funimation but with everything moving over there you go so i was so i watched um two of the episodes dubbed two of the episodes in japanese subtitled and 
And anybody who listens, they they know that I'm starting to have the habit of doing that because I want to be able to l- just get a sense of both. How did it sound in Japanese? How it sounds in English, but maybe also understanding that okay, how it comes to us, how certain characters and their voices come out to us. Like they have to find a version of that, and uh, that's basically a version of that in Japanese. They're looking for the English equivalent of how annoying a certain character can be with their tones and stuff, or with their accents. That's why. Uh, that's why I'm just trying to see understand the context by which every character was voiced in the way characters were voiced in English, even right down to the narrator, right? I, I did come away with one thought after watching all those, uh, those four episodes and, and some of the hijinks that happened in it. And I, I, for some unknown reason, I just start thinking to myself, the popular pro wrestler, Kenny Omega, who's known to be an anime fan, he would have been perfect for the narrator in that show for some reason. I'm just thinking that. Just the, just the tone of his voice. And uh, if you don't watch pro, if you watch any pro wrestling and you see the way Kev, uh, Kenny Omega kind of talks in the ring, maybe you'll know a little bit of where I'm trying to go. But the other reason I'm watching it is because Spy X Family, the first couple episodes finally came out on Crunchyroll. I haven't had a chance to see it oh, yet. But I, been- I do oh. want to watch Spy Family, actually. Well, we can share a password. Would you like? <laughs> Oh, please do. <laughs> yeah, we can share passwords. They haven't cracked down on... Uh, Crunchyroll has, has given no indication they want to crack down on that yet. I'd be down, to be honest. We'll talk later. But there's a lot of memes going around that compare Kaguya-sama and Spy X Family. Really? Because the, there's a lot of... some Because there seemingly is a lot of similarities between the main characters, both in their design and maybe some of the way they conduct themselves. I Aww. have to watch a couple of episodes and maybe see if that's the case How, or see if I see the, the point of those memes. I never really thought of Yor and Kaguya to be that similar other than just that they have black hair. But uh, I guess I can see it. I guess. But- I, I think it's just people just trying to draw, draw, you know, what's the, what's the phrase? Um, chasing, I guess, or just trying to chase a point or something. I forgot. There's a, there's a phrase and it's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, it's okay. Someone just trying to have a little fun with this. Tripping on themselves, maybe uh, chasing just trying to chase a uh, chase something humorous, and it might be. I, I'll find. I, I guess I'll look and find out for myself. But yeah, <laughs> I thought pe- I thought people would uh, at least be curious on that part. Anyway, I'll uh, and maybe uh, in the future I'll uh, update how that's going. And yes, maybe uh, play a few more video games. Finally, that's another story altogether. You know, guys know that. Okay, so let's uh, before we go this evening, let's uh, go through a couple of headlines that did catch our attention. Just uh, fire off a couple bullets. Uh, 
um, things that things that um, are meant to be short things, and hopefully will stay that way because we're now an hour fifteen into the episode. But I could extend this show to two hours. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so item. G Kids announced picking their acquisition of Nadia Secret of Blue Water. That was a pleasant surprise. No, no, maybe we shouldn't be surprised considering the way they've been going about a lot of things. Um, they did announce a release date to the uh, Makoto Shinkai um, acquisitions. So there's that. And you also alerted me. Well, are you considering selling your box set? You have that, Mike, right? Yeah, you should get rid of it, Mike. Well, it, and it's a it's a metal box. So that leads me to an interesting discussion. Well, I think we had a version of it, actually, when the EVA thing was mentioned. Special editions, like special editions that you wouldn't typically find. Box art, metal box, something really fancy, some fancy merchandise of a previously really of a of a uh, something that's just been picked up and is about to be re-released again. How well do those things sell? Like, I mean, I have the metal, I have the metal box, the ADV metal box of Nadia, Secret of Blue Water. I have the metal box of um, of Eva that ADV did, and uh, and Double O Nine One. They had they did a quick series on that. Is this could that be worthwhile? Could that be worthwhile, or is it worthwhile just to the biggest diehard collector? Which isn't a bad thing, but is that worth something? In your opinion, Kevin, hmm. since you know this stuff, hard to say now that there is an existing Blu-ray of it, or coming or coming of it. Well, anyway. no, because Sentai did oh. put it out on Blu-ray. Let's remember. Oh, of uh, of oh yeah, okay. So Sentai had Nadia. Okay. See the See, difference between the difference between like Evangelion and Nadia is that, well, other than one being more popular than the other, but uh, I don't n- recall if there was any differences between the DVD and Blu-ray release of Nadia, like whether or not they did take out anything or changed anything. But with Evangelion, we know that. You know, the dub cast is different between the two yeah. releases. So people who prefer the original dub will still want a DVD copy. So then the DVD releases would still hold value of some sort. Okay. Nadia, I don't know. Yeah, and, that's probably and, uh But now uh, everyone has the opportunity to witness the amazing island arc in 4K. Well, it, it does not doesn't that hurt help? Anyway, <laughs> okay. So, oh yeah, I, I was looking through some of the stuff we put on the Discord uh, amongst us. Who do you guys remember? Iron Chef, the uh, reality series. The uh, not reality series, the cooking, the cooking show that uh, Fuji uh, Fuji uh, Television did back in the nineties. Uh, the one that never ended. And, uh, huh? The one that never ended. Well, it sort of did. I mean, there's they have like 
other versions. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, the well, well, I, I think I think the um, Iron Chef America has finally been canceled, but Canada's still going strong. Is it? Yeah. What's this? There's, what's this space is still doing? Unless these are all reruns, I can never tell with the Food Network. Probably reruns, but uh, and you know filler programming. It's just that the it's just that the Japanese version seemingly is about to be renewed, and funny enough, on Netflix. Apparently, they'll have a reality show to find the to make a to a contest for a new yet a new Iron Chef for uh, for the Japanese uh, version for the original Japanese version. I mean, is he, I'd watch. Isn't he, I, I, isn't I, I, he I, still alive? What's his name? The the, the main guy. He's an actor. He's, he's in- oh, uh, yeah. Um, Takeshi Kaga. Yeah, he, he's still he's still kicking. The, the original, the original, ho- the original host, the original chairman. He's alive, but his character's dead. Huh. They killed off. They killed off the chairman. By the way, in the original. I mean, apparently died. You know, apparently died of. Huh? What did he die of? Um, the character. Yeah. They said it was fugu poisoning. <laughs> I mean, but that. Like, if you remember, like, the thing is, in real life, uh, we've mentioned this in past episodes, too. Um, in real life, Takeshi Kaga had a fallout with the, uh, with the producers of the, of the original series. So, in the aftermath, they went out of their way to really downplay his likeness in subsequent, in subsequent re-airings of, of, the, of the Japanese Iron Chef. Right? As much as possible. But they had to do something with his character. So, and this was like 20 years ago, I, I believe. They killed off his character. He died of food poisoning. He died of fugu poisoning, specifically, I think. Then they, and that's where you start seeing this timeline of nephews from around the world opening kitchen stadiums everywhere in his honor. What they just don't hint is back in Japan, he's actually, the character is actually dead. And when Iron Chef tried to renew itself in Japan, I think a little more than 10 years ago, I think it was like 2008, the first scene you saw was, the, um, was one, of his, one of Kaga's nephews standing at his grave and then walking into the kitchens, his new kitchen stadium for the first time. It was, it was a hilarious premise. But that's where that's sort of uh, that's sort of the plot line now. How they handle how Netflix is about to handle this one, I'm not totally sure. I'd watch it though. I was a fan of the original, and I, and I was a fan of Iron Chef America too, and uh, did watch a couple episodes of the Canadian edition as well. All of which are hosted by apparently the character's nephew. Okay, and finally, I guess one more item before we go tonight. Oh. Oh yes, you mentioned this to me when we were walking around, uh, walking around Six Points, uh, Mo. Um, something about a maid cafe. I, you know, it sucks that it already happened. Um, but yeah, the video was cool. I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to see the video. Um, there was a Pokemon themed maid cafe in in, uh, in uh, the east end of uh, of, our, of our fair town here. Yeah, in Scarborough. Um, it was apparently at Oshi Sweets Cafe, which is. Which were, which is in um, the East End in Scarborough, as I just said, uh, along Kennedy Road. And let me just ch- pull up the website. They have an Instagram. Maybe we should put that up if I remember to put up links for the episode. Yeah, yeah, it's in Scarborough on, along Kennedy Road, three three seven six Kennedy Road. Maybe for people who go to Anime North, that might be 
at least uh, worth checking out, at least the regular version of the cafe. And they seem to have, an, have a thing about periodically doing, doing pop-up, uh, pop-up cafes based on these type, of, uh, these type of IP. I think they did a Sailor Moon one of, uh, earlier this year, too. I don't know what else to mention about it. I I I'd probably just check it out for the you know su- for the coffees. Su- support local, you know. These guys did a pretty cool oh, yeah, thing, well, you know. It's all good. Plus, you know, yeah. they might do it again. Well, well, well what could be the well, like there there's a I think there's a few eateries around Toronto that's trying to capitalize on anime themes. We talk I mean, I mean Kevin just talked about it with a, with an ice cream shop earlier. I think there's a wings place that tries to that I think tried to use uh, one piece as a logo recently. I'll have to look this one up again. I'll send you guys a link. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I looked this up. I, I know this is uh, call me curious. I mean, so maybe I'll uh, pop by the uh, cafe at some point. Oshi Sweets in, along Kennedy and Scarborough. Okay. And finally, uh, this evening, uh, let's uh, see to our uh, duties. Oops. Let's see to our duties as the uh, uh, as the official podcast of Anime North. The big announcement this week is that they open registration, is, right? Then they release the cap. Yeah, they like, uh, they one, lifted the come one come all enjoy the awesomeness that is July weather. Uh, yeah, the same weekend as the Toronto Indie. By the, I just found out. Oh, the Indies back too? Damn. Yeah, and that happens the same weekend, 15th to 17th. Anime North 2022 attendance cap has been listed. Mask and vaccination requirements are still in place. They've also announced their first guests, mainly, of course, English voice actors Kara Eberle, Aaron Dismuke, Caitlin Glass, uh, Aaron Zek have all been announced. And I apologize to them uh, if I mispronounce their names. I have trouble with Japanese ones too, if it makes anyone feel any better, as has been well documented. Do you guys have a reaction to this one? I mean, the sense I always had when the, when the announcements were made is that there is a sense of wanting to go, but a sense of leeriness as well because of the, the two years of the pandemic. It's, it'll be tough. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. I mean, July is months away, so... I mean, plus with the demand being what it was, I think that it's it's going to be successful. A lot of people are going to show up. It'll be it'll be good. Uh, I think we're underestimating the necessary need for people to be out and about and stuff. After two years of not doing that, I know Jeff will have more articulating words on it when he when he drops by. But yeah, I'm thinking it's gonna be good. Kevin, you have a thought? And I know we, will, we, 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 we are still endeavoring to always talk to somebody from it and just to talk a little bit more about what's going on there. I'm a little surprised they lifted the, the restrictions on attendance. I thought they usually had a, an attendance cap, no? They, well, that was planned, but that, that's not the case. But they, But the caveat in all of this is saying, Mask and vaccination requirements are still in place. So I guess that would be part of the story too. And I and maybe it's worth asking when the time comes. When we're able to have um have somebody there. 
Well, I'm going to attend. I hey, coincidentally, we'll probably be there too. You know, right? Yeah, I. Uh, oh no, I. I kind of do miss anime cons. So I know you've been you you probably have the most experience at going to other cons other than Anime North. Yeah, I think of the five of us. Yeah, I think I've been to the most con. I've been to like the most, the most con, the biggest variety, anyway. variety. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Like, sure, I wish some things were were done a little better at times, and I wish we had more international guests. But I know with Anime North, like. You know, this is how it is, and probably and it's not always. And when it comes to anime north, it's not always the point with that. Exactly. The guests aren't always the point; it's the gathering. Yeah, this is how it is, and so long as the current guard is in place, that is how it'll always be. So uh, I'm okay with that, and I think it'll be a good. You know, I think it'll be a good time, or at least I hope it will. And hopefully, there won't be some other sub variant that will massively infect us all. Again. I think. I think. It, I think there's a there's a I think a a sub variant. There's a certain inevitability about it. The real question is, okay, how bad is this going to be, and when is it going to happen? Well, because you can make the case that this current sub variant is worse, but then, you know. I battled something. I'll say that much. Well, we, I don't we know what still, it was. Exactly. You know, our government stopped giving a shit. So on with the show, right? Mm-hmm. There is an election for them to more, more focus on, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we're about a month away from that. So we'll talk about that when it happens. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe the, uh, maybe the victory party will be at the Congress Center again. I think oh, it'll be, story. I think there'll oh, be, uh, I think it's a distinct possibility. Oh no, I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not discounting it at all. It's just that it, it's probably happening at the Congress Center. I'd say it's like an eighty to ninety percent chance at this point. Sure, why not? <clears throat> anyway, that's all that's on my mind tonight. At least uh, what I what I think we could t- talk about. Oh, you know what's also coming back, Mike? What's that? The Toronto Japanese Film Festival. In person. Oh, yes, then. In person. Okay, so, I, yeah, I, I know. I looked at the... Who gave me... I think... I know I saw the uh, lineup, but I can't say anything stuck out to me. But, okay, Kevin, is there something that's... Uh, one movie that stuck out to you? Yeah, BB Assassin. <laughs> I, I literally oh. just saw the poster for that one. <laughs> I'm like, well I'm kind of interested now, just based on the poster. Well, Exactly. Well, why don't you bring it up? Okay, so well, a couple thoughts there, and then maybe an Oscar slot because uh, Drive My it was Drive My Car, right? It won it won Best Foreign Film, didn't it? It did, you know. And then okay, and another thing happened, but then we're not going to talk about that. I was about to ask that, but I guess I guess we've just about run out of time. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> an anime movie didn't win Best Animated Film yet again, unfortunately. Well, 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 well the, the, is that really news now? Yeah, that's true. Okay, thank you. I mean, uh, happy for Drive My Car. Uh, I think for the... F- well, let's... Okay, so let's not talk about Will Smith and Chris Rosh, but... Uh, 
Wait, was yeah, it's Chris Rock, right? Yeah, it's Chris Rock. Yes, yes, yes. So the two movies that caught my attention are uh the one anime screening that they'll do every year. In this case, it's Pomp of the Cinephile. Hmm. And the poster looks very yeah. cute. What's the other? Uh the other one is a food documentary called The Pursuit of Perfection. Oh, I, I've heard that name, yes. I think there's a sumo documentary too, but that's another story. I believe this one is about like Michelin starred restaurants in Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds fascinating from first uh, at this point in my life, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I'm a sucker for food documentaries. <laughs> oh, sure. So, uh, so am I. That's why I brought and uh, and food shows and those type of things. That's why I brought up Iron Chef. Actually, really. now that I'm going through the list, uh, they're going to be playing a stop motion animated film called Junkhead, and and the Takashi Miike offering this year is. The Great Yokai War Guardians, and it looks like a kid's cartoon. Well, not a kid's cartoon. It looks like a kid's movie, actually. It looks a little outlandish, but... Could be awesome in that sense. Yeah. I mean, we talk yokai a lot. or Yokai has been part of the discussions on this show over the last... Well, over the pandemic series at, at various points. So why not? And Takeshi Mikio, uh, Mikio always it is usually uh, one of those... Uh, guarantees but yeah i'll probably go and catch at least a couple of films in person quickly what's the dates again uh it's gonna be in june what was the exact date oh yeah i should have had this ready it's okay we're 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 doing this on the fly we got a minute it's like looking this up is probably okay sometime in june i think it's like Uh, like june 16th june 17th is when it starts June 16th to the 30th. Okay, so I was right. So late, uh, mid to late June. There you go. Tickets go on sale May 11th. Is there is there one is there a single pass? So you can buy tickets individually. Uh you can also buy film passes in either 5 film or 10 film blocks. And uh you also have the option to pay to watch the films online as well, like last year when it was still uh, online only. Interesting. Okay, I'll look this up maybe. Yeah, and uh, there's only there's a limited number of those too, I think, if memory serves me correct. Okay. Anyway, that's, uh, that's pretty much um, that. Well, uh, as I said, it was... Um, it was good to get the time to to be able to tape again. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for wanting to do this, guys. Of course, yeah, man. Either. Always. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, well, hopefully the next time isn't near isn't a month and a half. Probably a, maybe a week, maybe two. Just as I said, just bear with us again, and we'll just uh, see what what we can uh, uh, see how our schedules just connect. Okay. And and any of this, of course, Jeff. And James, um, almost certainly they'll have a they'll have an opinion to offer on more than a few of the things we just talked about. But in any event, that's our show for tonight. So 
Once again, let's tell you where you can contact us. AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com, at AnimeRoundtable, AnimeRoundtable.com. And don't forget, we're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AnimeRoundtable. We're on YouTube. We do have a Discord as well. I guess we should put links for those. And uh, hopefully with uh, other stuff to come in the future. Uh, Maybe as soon as I figure out uh, how to um, hook up this, this stream deck. But as a podcast, don't forget to give us a review wherever you're enjoying this, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcatcher you're using, because reviews and good reviews will always help us in getting more listeners to trip up, trip in on us. And we're always looking for... See, you kind of, I actually was about to say, I was going to, the way I was going to lead into it was, I was going to say, especially if it's a five-star review, and then I didn't know you were going to continue for a little bit. But yes, um, leave us a five-star review for the reasons Mike said, especially if you know us personally. No, I think that those are the only reviews we've gotten so far. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Uh, we... Yeah, let us know that we ex- let us know that you guys exist, man. Yeah, hello. I know you're there. I can see your breath. <laughs> as the uh, as the pandemic series has gone on, we had been doing episodes every other week. Things have changed a little bit. We're gonna, but we're gonna try and get out something on a regular basis. We're, we're gonna always endeavor to do that. So in any event, hit the subscribe button or the follow button on all the platforms we're on so you can be notified whenever we add something new for your enjoyment. The opening theme song is entitled Fubuki Snowstorm by Piko Misaki, which is the uh, title track of her latest album. You can check out more of her music at PicoInfinity.com or her Facebook page at PicoZenMusic. But that, once again, that's all we got today. So until next time, and hopefully that'll be pretty soon, thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. And join us again for another edition of the Anime Round.